show is sponsored by Hive Mind CRM. It is more than just a CRM. It is a real estate and business mastermind that comes with an all-in-one CRM. You can have unlimited websites and users. You can call, text, RVM, and email all-in-one user interface. And you can set up custom automations for any type and multiple businesses. 65% of companies start using a CRM system within the first five years of business. Once implemented, the HiveMind will save you on marketing, give you more time, and make more money. One of our users has had his first $100,000 month using our system in June. We want to see you automate and accelerate your business. Text us at 210-972-1842 for future meetings. And of course, to get our $1 course on how to make more than six figures on one land deal. You can schedule your free demo today at hivemindcrm.io. Hey, welcome to the show today. We're here with Tina Larson, who's been a real estate investor for a long time, but we're going to talk about that and some of her endeavors. But um, one of the first questions I always like asking when I jump right into it is how did you end up in real estate? Because a lot of people, sometimes they fall into it. They choose to go to this path. Those people are born into it, like three generations into real estate. How did you end up in real estate? What's the story? Thank you, Dan, for having me, or Daniel, for having me. And so first of all, I didn't grow up with this. This was a complete accident. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we bought we bought an apartment in New York City in a co-op in 2004. Oh wow. Mhm. And we were not involved at all. We were just passive owners uh, residents. And then in the financial during the financial crisis in 2008 we got another letter from the co-op board saying that they were increasing their maintenance by 5% for the 10th year in a row. My background is in finance, so I understand how to look at numbers. And when they were telling us that basically the maintenance was increasing at the rate of expenses, during that time there was no inflation, so there's no reason for expenses to increase by 5% for 10 years in a row. So we actually held a coup. <laughs> Very exciting. Oh, man. Oh, man. We get a, get a few neighbors involved and we took over the majority of the board. My husband is the board president because uh, in his, in my opinion, he's more diplomatic than I am. Okay. So, <laughs> so he joined the board, but you can only join one person from each apartment. I did what I know from finance from analyzing businesses. I went in to get financial statements for many other buildings. And in doing so, I was able to identify what expenses were high or low or normal. And we were able to save the building $340,000 in the first three years. Wow. Mm -hmm. And uh, with the cap rate, that's probably a good a good a good a good uh addition to their to their value of the property as well yes the the so my and my husband is still the board president and they have not increased maintenance for eight out of the last 10 years since he since he joined yeah. so, so the maintenance in this building went from being very high in comparison to all the other buildings who are that are similar in size and shape and etc and structure to now being on the very low side so 
that has really increased the property values for this building by all the apartments in the building by uh, much more than all the adjacent or similar buildings. Wow. So was it like, was the, was the maintenance like over, were they overcharging? No, they were just wasting money. They're just wasting money. They weren't being frugal. Um, that's one thing. Of, uh, <laughs> it's crazy to think about it, how like some commercial owners don't understand that all their expenses go into the value of the property. So when people that know what they're doing, they're always trying to limit their expenses because they're always trying to raise the value of the property. And yeah. it's crazy that they didn't understand that. But um, so you're part of the board. Is this like a, is this like a New York city building? Like yes. Yep. It's a New York city building in New York city. I believe that there are like 12,000 co-op and condo uh, buildings. Yeah. So it's a large market for us. <laughs> and so uh I've never talked to anybody about New York City because I know New York City, like whenever uh, people think real estate, they think like single family, multifamily of like apartments like that. But like I've never talked to anybody that's actually owned buildings before, and especially buildings like that. So there's 12 co-ops inside of a, like a high rise that that operate each sector. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? No. So each building. So a multifamily building, it's uh, one guy or a gal or a consortium or something who owns yeah. the building yeah and then they then let's say that it's a 200 unit apartment or there are 200 apartments so they have this apartment building then they collect rent from the renters and hopefully that covers all of their expenses of running the building yeah for a co-op or condo it can be exactly the same type building so a 200 unit apartment building but they don't operate on a profit mode. So they operate with that the maintenance, which is what is passed on to the owners, to those 200 unit owners. Okay, okay. I'm understanding. They're, they're supposed to cover all the expenses for the year. Gotcha. So in this particular building, the, the expenses when we took over in 2011 were $3 million. Uh, in total, in between, well, this happened to be 170 units, but just for simplicity. So if it's 200 apartments and you're supposed to cover um, $3 million in expenses, then every year when the expenses increase, because as you know, expenses increase, but they shouldn't increase by 5% per year every single year for 10 years yeah. in a row. Well, now in, in the inflationary environment, it's possible that many will but at the time when we took over in uh, during the financial crisis 2008 the i mean there's no reason for expenses to increase that much i understand it now i understand it so i'm really glad you explained that because i've never like i said i've i've known about condos i just didn't i don't understand that part like this is a part where, like i love real estate because there's always new information that i i've never heard of so that's i'm glad really glad you explained that so that is amazing. So you're able now. I get the full picture. You're able to bring the expenses down for the building, which is your part owner of the building because you are a condo owner. Mm -hmm. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Which means your which means your property more valuable. Which means your yeah. unit more valuable that you own. Yes, and when you buy an apartment, you're basically basing how much you can pay based on the total monthly dues plus your mortgage. Because yeah. you have you you have to decide on how much can we afford to pay based on 
your monthly dues plus mortgage. So obviously, if you have this, the same two apartments and one, the maintenance is $1,000 and the next one, the maintenance is $2,000, you much you would pay more for the one with $1,000 in maintenance versus the $2,000. That is amazing. Okay. So you do the, this is what you do now, right? You, you, go yes. around helping, you go around helping communities lower their expenses. That way they can raise the property value of their units themselves all over New York City now. Is that what you're doing now? That's My what guess. I'm doing now. You got it, That's Daniel. Amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. There's so many, I, I love it because I've, I've only been to New York. I've driven through New York once. I've been there. I was there for a high school trip when I was in high school. So it's kind of, it's kind of like, I've never actually, I don't know, like, like there's like different like uh, cities, like major cities like that, that do things totally different. And that's just, that's, it's amazing. It's amazing to little, learn a little bit like that. That's, that's pretty, it's a pretty cool insight. Cause I, no, I had no idea, no idea. But those, but those apartment buildings, they are everywhere. So and yeah. not in every place, but I mean, there yeah. are lots of, of large co-ops or condos, no matter what they call them, they can call them HOA co-op or condo in yeah. Chicago, Los Angeles, Dallas, 100%. Miami and Florida has also the gated communities are very common also in Florida, but also in like West Virginia, they have a lot of HOAs. Okay. And those are single family homes that are basically a gated community, might not be gated, but similar kind of. And those also operate similar to um, to a co-op or condo. Only, the same structure, only we specialize in apartment buildings, not in the single family homes. So if you go in and clear somebody's books as far as their expenses wise, as far as in the area... What, what do you get paid from it? Do you get paid on equity? Or it's, it's, it's real estate. It's negotiable. I mean, that's a good, that's a good answer. But yeah. what, what do you generally ask for? You ask for like a finder's fee for lowering their expenses? Or are you asking for equity? Or like what, what do you, what's, what's your angle here? No. So we work on contingency for the most part. We have two structures depending on where they are in their project. But the our cost saving arrangement is contingency. So they have, let's say that they have three bids on replacing the roof. Yeah. We will provide them an alternative and then we'll split the savings. So 50, okay. 50, we split the savings with our clients. If it's, um, if we reduce how much electricity they use in the basement or in the hallways or in the lobby, then we'll split those savings for two years. And after two years, they keep all the savings. That's a, that's a good deal. That's a good deal. Mm -hmm. You're bringing in your expertise. Are you doing this nationwide or are you just doing this in New York City? So we can do it nationwide, but we're only marketing it in New York City. So if a co-op board president from Dallas calls us and tells us, I have this building and I would, I've heard about your services, we'll be happy to help them and we can help them. We don't need to be physically in the location because a lot of the work that we do is paperwork. I mean, it's, yes phone calls and etc. So we don't, obviously if it's right next door to me, I'm going to go to the building and meet and shake the hands with a super, but I don't yeah. really have to. So you're uh it sounds like you're like a, like a, like a, not, not, not to, not to offend you, but like a couponer. You, they send the couponer to go find the, the cheapest deal and the cheapest rates. And... <laughs> that, that's a very good way of putting it, but I, I, 
prefer to call myself the McKinsey and Company of uh, multifamily buildings, but couponer is fine too. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm glad you said that. Because I've never, like I said, I'm learning this is 100% new to me. Like all this is new to me. So what, what's the name? What's the direct name again? McKinsey and Company is one of the largest consulting firms in the world. And I okay. think that they're the most famous. Okay. They do a lot of, so Fortune 500 companies uh, hire them for millions of dollars a year to help them save one, two, three percent wow. to make their build, to make their companies more efficient. Yeah. And, um, and that's basically what we do, but we do this for a very, very niche market. That is amazing. I'm and I'm I'm sorry I insulted you by calling you. No, like, I, I, I no, no, no. Else, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to call it. What, what's the exact term that this is called? Because I've never even heard of this. It, we're we're consultant business. We're I mean we're basically a business consultant. Business consultant. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that is amazing. Like, that is really amazing. I'm not even gonna lie because that's that. I love I love real estate because it kind of opens up to many different things that you never even heard of, and it's one of those things where this this is a whole new niche I've never even heard of. So I commend you for doing it, and I commend you for speaking out on it, just because no one's even heard of it. I've never even heard of it. I've been doing I'm not I'm not been in real estate for such a long time either, but I've I, I consider myself to know a lot of things, but I've never even heard of this. This is amazing. That's why these questions are for me because I'm I'm generally curious, generally curious. Um, are you, do you have to have special licenses or training for this? Or you kind of just understand T12s and kind of break down all this stuff? And nothing that we do is rocket science. It's just that building apartment buildings, I mean, it's really a very complex organization. Yeah. Yeah. They have the building codes and then all of the compliance and all of the filings. And then they have a property manager and the property manager typically has seven different buildings. How much time do they really have to deal with that one building? So there are just so many. And then you have in New York city, we have, so the staff who maintains the building in New York city, they're unionized. Okay. So it's just really very complex. There's, and, there's, too, many, there's too many moving parts to actually focus on this one thing. Yeah. And, and then we have, and then we have the board who makes the decision and the board, they have a full-time job. They have no idea, in, not always, some do. Yeah. But for the most part, they have no idea how to run a building or how a building operates. 100%. They have a family, they have hobbies. This is something that they're doing on a volunteer basis. Yep. And they don't really have time for it. For it, and the only in many cases, the only reason they're running is or why they're on their board is because their neighbors said, "Oh, you would make a good board member." We can't find anyone. Why don't you join us? No, it's it's interesting. It's interesting because, like I said, they're they're regular everyday people. They're not like they're real estate people at all. They mm -hmm. have no expertise in the, in the field. So you, mm -hmm. so how do you how do you how do you market yourself to find? board members or board owners that need this facilitation so i'm guessing you're this is one of the reasons why you're on the podcast of course you're trying to get referrals off of the podcast and marketing like this <laughs> you get a, is all your marketing through word of mouth in most cases yes i do all so both myself and my husband and partner we are avid networkers we have been networking for many years we know a lot of people in new york city <laughs> Sure. And 
Yeah. And have you ever read that book with Grant Cardone, the 10x rule? I have not read it. I I, I was a part of a book club that read it, and I'm not I'm not a reader, so I was just I just no. listened. To it. <laughs> yeah. So the 10x rule, I read it for the first time last year. Uh huh. And I said to him, and he was talking about omnipresence that you need to be everywhere. Yep. My husband always tells me that I'm like crabgrass because I'm everywhere. In a nice way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, but now I can use omnipresence as opposed to crabgrass. And um, I, I think that both of us, we are, I mean, we are involved in the community, in a local community. My husband ran for city council last year. We are, uh, we have co-founded various neighborhood associations. He's on committee on all of his social club uh things so we are like everywhere and we do regular business networking too yeah that's uh that's amazing um, it's kind of it's kind of interesting that you fell into this niche and now it's like your full-time thing how long have you been doing this for 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 buildings well, so, mean, probably 10 years yeah so we started we found it in 2014. okay awesome uh, and so we started with this building in 2011, from 2011, 2014. And then when we had saved $340,000, we were out networking for financial services profession. Yeah. You know how much everybody wants to meet another financial advisor. <laughs> so I started switching gears and I said, oh, but on the good part, I've saved my building. I helped my co-op save $340,000. And a lot of people, they asked me, they said, oh, can I introduce you to my board? So that's when we started, 2014. And in the beginning, it was word of mouth. And I belonged to one BNI group. Mark belonged to one BNI group. But we couldn't, we, we couldn't reach enough people. But and over the years, we have gotten a bigger and bigger reach. And in 2019, it really started taking off. And that's when it became our primary business. That's amazing. It's it's amazing. I've never heard, like I said, I'm still I'm still amazed at this whole thing. I've never, I've never heard of this. This is this is so cool. So now you're mostly doing this in New York. You're networking a lot with a lot of people. Um, you're working on a book. Yep. I'm working on a book working on a book that's amazing so now you're doing outreach through podcasts you're working on a book you're doing a lot of stuff just to find more clientele and you're doing the right things you're doing the right thing so i, I commend you towards that thank you, you. That. thank um, you so eight years eight years in the business you kind of fell into it after doing your first property um and you're doing i, I like the way you get paid too you're, you're you're splitting you're splitting the savings that's that's yeah. that's, that's it's a good model because you're providing a lot of service to them Definitely. And like I said, if people don't understand real estate, it's when you do property management and when you do own buildings, it's a whole nother business once you get to a certain amount of units. And you have to have a whole staff and people in place in order to handle certain things in the business because it's just too big and massive. You cannot yeah. be a solo you cannot be a solopreneur handling multi units or too many units, I guess to say. There's a threshold yeah. that you can only do yeah. seriously. Yeah. And I mean, you have to have one concentration and our concert. So the property managers, they deal with the books and the complaints. I always tell people, they said, oh, you should be a property manager. I'm like, we don't like complaints. We're not, we're not going to do property management. 
that. <laughs> we do take no complaints. We only help them save very, very focused what we do. I mean, we review their financials. We go through all of their line items. We compare it to our benchmark with hundreds of line items of hundreds of buildings. And then we find which ones are high, low, and normal. And the ones that are high, we look at them and then we try to figure out why is it high? Is it because the electric because the lights light fixtures are on 24-7? Or is it because there's something wrong? Or is it because we need to install some kind of motion sensor of the water lines? Or is it because of something else? So one of the, one of the things that I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned that too, because I, uh, I, I, I listen to a lot of commercial stuff and they talk about like hardening and hardening a unit. So they might put in an LEDs and motion sensors is another great thing to lower costs. Um, what are some other like simple things they can do to lower their costs as far as like, I don't want to give away the whole game, but simple things like harden a unit that way they can lower their costs in general, as far as water and electric usage. Yeah. So, um, well, so when it comes to water, there are many, so inside apartments, there are many ways to make it more efficient. So replacing the toilet with a lower, a smaller water tank. And nowadays, and remember, and it, I mean, the toilet uses, the bathroom uses the most water in an apartment, but the toilet uses the most um, of, in most the cases. Water usage in the apartment itself. Gotcha. Yeah. So the toilet you wouldn't know how many times or you wouldn't believe how many times people say, oh, but I hate those small toilet tanks. They, they are not, I would have to flush twice. Nowadays, they make them um, vacuum assist. Mm. So now, and in New York City, for a lot of old buildings, we see toilet tanks that are like five gallons for one toilet. So you flush once, you use five gallons. Wow. Today's new toilets are 0.8 gallons. Wow. So if you take it from five gallons to 0.1 per time you flush, it's a, I mean, that's a huge difference. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a 80% decrease right there, just in water usage per yeah. flush. Yeah. That, that could be, that could be huge on your bill, depending on how many units you have. Mm -hmm. And wow. another, and even if, so the, more recent, I would say like, I think that the current standard is 1.28. But a few years ago, that standard was 1.7 or 7.8 maybe. So if you take it from 1.7 to 0.8, you're, it's 50%. So even if you don't have a toilet that is that dated, you can still save. And another thing is that these new toilets, they're flapperless. According to the EPA, nationwide, 6% of all water use is leaks. And a lot of, yeah, and a lot of water leaks come from the flapper not being replaced as often as you need to replace it. I, I believe that. I had, a, I had a water slab leak in my house, and it was dreadful to my, 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 uh, my water bill at my house. And I'm just like... Yeah, I, I I I believe that it, hurt. it was like it was like three x of what it should be. <sighs> That's crazy, um, but yeah, what leaks, 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 so, leaks, leaks. So um, I heard at least I listen to, I listen to multifamily stuff all the time. Uh, apartments, 
uh, one of the apartments owner, one apartment owner I was listening to this podcast, and he said that he does uh, six month reviews on properties just to make sure there are leaks because most of the time tenants won't even tell them that there's leaks that they won't even address. So part of their part of in their lease agreement is they'll check in every six months to check leaks specifically just because that's one big thing that, that always eats at them and they're always checking it. So leaks 100% will agree with you on that. I've heard and understand that. And now this is new in New York City and I'm sure it's, I mean, the water boards are very different depending on where it is. I mean, it's a very yeah. local. But in New York City, they just updated their um, water board, the DEP, whatever it's called. Their policy, uh, local policy. Uh, Department of Energy and Preservation, maybe. That's yeah, the water, yeah. it's the New York water board. Yeah. Now you can actually log into your online account and set up alerts. And you you can set it up to get an email alert or a text alert whenever your water use is X percent. And you can set it up in different levels more than it normally is. And you can set it to compare to last week at the same day, or you can, so there are a lot of, they're, they're trying to improve it. Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, it's, it's always good insights that you don't, you never would think about it, but it's one of those things where it can save you hundreds, hundreds of dollars a year, depending on the units, thousands a year, which is huge, huge on your, on your uh, cap, on your cap rate and NOI and all that stuff. Huge. That's, that's, <laughs> So what, what's the top tip you can give for HOA boards as far as if you're looking for stuff like this? For HOA boards is to call me. <laughs> can I say that? Yeah, I mean, you can say it. You can say it whatever you want. I mean, so I'm that we gonna... can help them because they don't know where to start. And each building is very different. There are a few areas where we most commonly can always save them money. And that is to reduce the heating, water, and electricity use. We don't reduce how much they pay for heating, water, electricity. We reduce how much they use. There are other energy auditors who might work on either they sell one product. So if let's say that we have a list of 50 different products and, and recommendations that we can make and roll out. We sometimes hear that boards, they hire this energy auditor. Oh, no, we just worked with an energy auditor. And then when we look them up, it turns out that that energy auditor sells one particular system. Oh, yeah. And all of these other things that we can do for the building, they don't do. But the board thinks that they hired an energy consultant. So therefore, everything has been taken care of. They've done everything they can, but that's not the case. So we take a very holistic approach. So that's one area, but then we have a lot of one-offs. We have, we just reduced for one building, their water meter had not been, had been functioning since 2014. So we just got them a refund of $250,000. Wow. Another building, they were paying $24,000 a year in exterminating service, but you don't know, is that high, low? I mean, it was a large building. You don't know, is that high, low? What is yep. that, right? And when we looked at it, our comparison, we said they should probably be paying 4000 So, But that's a one-off. It's not something that happens. So we really need to look at all the different angles to figure out where the savings are. 
we had a we had a one building where they paid for 20 phone lines and 12 of them were actually not in service and when we call verizon they say they have never been in service oh man mm -hmm. that's an easy one yes but it's a one-off it's not gonna it doesn't happen very often so it's yeah that's the beauty of you're un, you're unbiased where yes. people might have a bias where like they're pushing their product or service on them which is their mm -hmm. own prerogative but they're not they're they're biased to their own nature because they're salesmen technically they're salesmen i mean we'll call them what, yeah. we'll call them what they are they're salesmen so you are unbiased and you're just trying to save them as much money as possible because for you that's for you benefit all the money and, all, the, all the savings you provide you get a portion of that so it's, it's to your benefit as well and that's what we tell people all the time we tell clients all the time or co-op boards we say listen we're the only vendor who you will ever hire who actually want you to pay less all the other ones want you to pay more yeah. right yeah. yeah that's uh so we're gonna put your website here the Folsom group nationwide can help out the different difference and like it's a it's a, it's a good thing that you're doing I hope I hope you much business down the future just because this is something that's needed and like I said not everybody's playing to the needs of the actual owners themselves and I, I commend you for doing that because not everybody does that. Like I said, most people don't even care or don't even know about it. Like I said, I need to know about it. So it's, it's one of those things where you're, you're providing you're providing a service. It's a niche service that's definitely needed and required around the U.S. And I hope I hope you you got to you got to you got to do more business in the cities because I think your your niche is more towards the major cities. Yes, like New York, Miami, Chicago. That's all going to be your playground. So you really got to. You really got to network in those areas because that, that, I mean, I see, I see you as like limitless potential, honestly, Me too. because honestly, if you, if you go into like, you have a, you have the ability to use this skill to take to other countries too. Honestly, if you even wanted to go that far. Yes. That, yes, we do. <laughs> and one, one of the property managers that there's a new property management firm in New York city. Okay. And the owner, he has a very technology-driven service, and it's it, it's looking very robust. Uh -huh. And so he and I, we, we've been talking. Somehow they found me. And um, I said, so how did you end up doing this? And he, so he's from Tel Aviv. He said, I was the co condo board president in Tel Aviv. He said, wow. it is equally bad there as it is here. It is completely backward and old-fashioned and convoluted and mismanaged. And that's when he decided to start his firm in New York. Wow. Why he chose yeah. here as opposed to Tel Aviv, I'm not sure. But yeah, I'll ask him <laughs> next time I see him. It's, it's the land of opportunity for sure. Is something you're looking for is like HOA, like firms like that. Can you, you work directly with the HOA and then they, they work with the, the lenders? Or? We, we work with the board because the property managers, they don't want us there. Mm. Yes. So we remove some of the extras that they get, if you will. Oh. And and also, if you think about it, you know how I don't know if you've ever worked for a large corporation, and then the CEO decides that he's going to bring in a a co business consultant to see if they can find some efficiencies. And all of these CEO and the CFO, they get all nervous. They think that they're going to 
get fired. And that's kind of how property managers, they don't really understand what we do and they don't really get what we do. And they, they create uncertainty and they prefer it that we're not there. There's something they don't understand. I think whatever you don't understand, people are afraid of. I mean, that's yes, very true. Very that's all true. it is. They just, they just don't understand it. And yeah. I don't know. I, I would I would think it would be a benefit to everybody because in my opinion, like if the property manager makes the owner more money, that's always a plus. And if you're the person that facilitate that, you'd be in a better position yourself just because you, you in turn brought service savings and profitability to their customer yes but at the same time they don't make any more money because of it right so when it comes to water it doesn't matter to them yeah. because it's not like they make any money from here or the so if the building pays a hundred thousand a year in for water or fifty thousand does it really matter to them? It doesn't really matter, right? Yeah, the, their job is to keep keep occupied. Yes, but for them to figure out that they are paying, that the building is paying too much, it takes a lot of time and effort. So if they don't have the expertise and to figure out and then take care of it, I'm sure that they could, but it's time where they're not going to make any extra money from it. So what's the incentive? 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah I, I get it. I get it. It's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to put value on something that they don't perceive as value. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if they're not, if they're not at risk of being replaced, if the board says we're thinking about firing you and hiring someone else, then maybe they will change. I mean, maybe. I I, I don't maybe. know. I mean, they they have a pretty full hand with taking care of problems and complaints and bookkeeping and regulation and you know. So I'm not trying to defend them, but they're busy. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, they have their own uphill battle. <laughs> they created an opportunity for us to create a new market. And I commend you for noticing that and, and dropping and getting getting in on that because <laughs> so this is it's ama it's amazing. I, I I enjoy your niche. I like talking to people that do different things, and this is this is a perfect example for the episode. Um, what is a quote that is yours or somebody else's that you resonate with? A quote that well, I don't. I I do have one quote myself, but I can't remember it. I wrote it down a long time ago because I wanted to have my own, but I, one of them, one of my favorite quotes is Winston Churchill, never, okay. never, never give up. That's it. That's it. That's it. Um, it's, it's an amazing story. Amazing story. I wish you, I wish you well, which must business go check her out. The Folsom group.com. Go check her out. It's amazing. <laughs> Um, we appreciate your time. I think this is, a, this is a great episode. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. But I, I appreciate your time. And uh, well, I wish you well. I wish you, wish you well in the future. Thank you so much, Daniel. And thank you so much for your time and for having me and for inviting me.
The show is sponsored by The List Guys. Do you need more leads in your local or virtual market? One in 10 small businesses don't invest in any kind of marketing. The List Guys have over 35 plus list types to choose from and you can mix and match any list or criteria. We also use the skip trace list and provide up to seven numbers and email addresses. Every list you purchase will be scrubbed against previous purchases. The List Guys are here to save you time. Contact the List Guys today at www.1listguys.com. That's www.1listguys.com. This has been been a great episode. Please check it out on all platforms. Thank you. This has been this has been a great episode. Please check it out on all platforms. Thank you. Uh, oh, sorry, <laughs> Tina. Sorry, I forgot. I put the thing and it went away, and I'm like, <laughs> I will edit that out. But thank you. <laughs>